I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome to Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damas Leary. And today we'll be discussing season one of Iron Fist. How are you, Damask? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? Oh, uh, yeah, good. Ready for my fucking holiday. Yeah, about time. I am time. so ready. Mm. So ready. You're leaving tomorrow. That's so exciting. Very early yeah. tomorrow. So this is going to edit, I gotta record and edit this thing. Yeah. And have a D and D session and watch Game of Thrones before I go. It's you a very it busy yet? day. No. I watched it. You watched Game of Thrones already? Yep. Why would you do that? Because my girlfriend made me. We have a pact. <laughs> did you watch the leaks? Or did you watch the episode today? I'm not gonna admit to watching the leaks. So you watched the leaks. Okay. No, you I didn't. Awful person. No, I didn't. We should move straight past your criminal activity. I didn't then. think we were watching it tonight. Of course we are. We watch it every Monday night. Why wouldn't we? Because there was like on the on our D and D Facebook group, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm waiting to see. Did you notice if what, we can do? Did you notice what the time, family night? Did thing. you Did you notice what time we're having D and D till? Yeah, till nine. Right. What time does Lauren? Get I home? thought because that was you were packing and stuff. I didn't realize. Sorry, but I watched it you anyway. Know, you know, Game of Thrones comes first. Mummy so and Daddy, Mummy and Daddy are fighting, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We still love you dearly, listeners. <laughs> Spoiler warning, on this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 of Iron Fist. Before listening, we recommend watching all of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and, of course, Iron Fist. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Some facts and figures for you, listener. Iron Fist is a Netflix original action drama series based on the Marvel comic book superhero of the same name, and is the fourth show in the Claire Temp... I mean... Defenders Netflix universe (laughs) after Daredevil, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. Created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane, Iron Fist made his debut in Marvel premiere number 15 in May of 1974. Adapting the character to the small screen is Scott Buck, a TV writer whose credits include Rome, Six Feet Under, and Dexter. The show stars Finn Jones, Jessica Henwick, Jessica Strop or Stroop? I want to say Strop. Isn't it Straub? Straup, Straup sounds much better. T- uh, Tom Pelfrey, Wai Ching Hu, Wai Ching Ho, excuse me, Rosario Dawson, and David Wenham as Harold Meacham. Season one consists of thirteen episodes, each coming in at around fifty-five minutes, and took us approximately twelve hours to watch. Damask, do you have a story synopsis for us? Sure do. All right, and just a reminder: skip ahead if you. Don't need to have a refresher of the synopsis here, guys. It's very long and convoluted, so I won't be offended if you skip ahead. If the music is over, we've stopped talk- We've stopped doing the synopsis. That's, the way to, that's to it. Know. All right, here we go. 
Fifteen years ago, the Rand family all perished in a plane crash in the Himalayas. The family name lives on, however, thanks to their close friends, the Meachams, who have been running their company and continuing their legacy. Ward and Joy, children of Harold, the Meacham patriarch, have learned well from their dad, and things seem to be going pretty well for them. That is, until a mysterious man enters Rand Enterprises claiming to be Danny Rand, and heir to 51% of the company. Is this show going to be about corporate intrigue? Um, sort of, but Danny Rand isn't just a complication in the corporate world. It turns out he has spent the last 15 years in the mystical land of Kunlun, where he was bestowed the great honour of being the Iron Fist, sworn enemy of the hand and gatekeeper of Kunlun. He is a kung fu master infused with the spirit of a great warrior, but he left his responsibilities in order to come back to New York and live the life he left long ago. With no proof of his identity, Danny is forced to survive on the street where he meets Colleen, a young woman who is a fierce fighter and the owner of a dojo. She helps Danny get back on his feet while our good friend Hogarth finds a legal way to reinstate Danny as the heir of Rand. When Danny finally gets to the corner office he always wanted, he discovers that Rand has been infiltrated by the hand. And while he may want to spend his time sending memos and signing contracts, he also knows his task as the Iron Fist is to destroy the hand. He sets his mind to exposing the drug trade that is led by Madame Gao, and Colleen volunteers her services. She's spent her life helping kids better their lives, and a new brand of superheroine being available will only make that harder. Our two heroes find the scientists behind the drugs and recruit our beloved Nurse Claire to heal him after he sustained an injury from a fierce battle between the Hand and the Iron Fist. Meanwhile, back in the corporate world, the patriarch of the Meacham family, long thought to be dead, is actually hanging out in a penthouse and pulling the company strings with the help of Ward. Harold got a helping hand, if you will, and now he is immortal! Ward is slowly losing his mind thanks to having to keep such a big secret from his sister and this causes him to dabble with drugs. It's a real after-school special. Just say no to the hand, kids. So the Iron Fist is battling the hand and is able to capture the elusive Madame Gao. Colleen convinces Danny to take her to a place where her sensei is and where she sends many of her past students. It's got a real Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters vibe. While there, Danny discovers that this place is a competing faction of the Hand and his beloved Colleen has been a part of it all along. With the help of a friend from Kunlun, Danny is able to escape from the Hand's clutches and returns to New York. And Colleen's sensei, Bakudo, isn't too happy to have lost Iron Fist and his beloved disciple. And so he concocts a plan to attack the Meachams. He shoots poor Joy in the guts and tells Danny to get his butt to the penthouse. Danny complies because he's everyone's favourite simpleton. Danny defeats Bakudo and his evil minions. Everyone is happy and free from the hand. The end! Oh wait, now that Harold doesn't have to worry about his deal with the devil, he decides to betray Danny and throw him under the bus. Danny doesn't like this very much and he gets Ward to help him finally get his Oedipus on and kill his papa. Everyone fights, Harold falls from a great height as an homage to every Disney villain and finally this garbage bag of a season is over. There you go. I love, once again, a little bit of editorialising you do towards the end to really make it clear what you thought of the show. Well, having to, like, synopsis. Re- like, rewrite what's happened in a season, by the time I'm coming to the conclusion of it, I'm just, I'm so upset. So, it, it tends to come out, it does. Right. 
Uh, all right, let's get into this then. Um, first of all, something we've been trying to do with all these Marvel shows is talk about our previous sort of exposure to these characters. Mm-hmm. So, do you, what do you know about the Iron Fist or what do you know about the Iron Fist going into this? 0.00. Because nothing uh, at nothing. all? Never, nothing. Never heard of the character? Not at all. Not even a sliver of information. Gotcha. What about you? Uh, a little bit. I actually have one of his trades. There was a restart of the Iron Fist series sometime in the mid-2000s, which is about the time I was getting into comic books sort of for the first time, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was written by a couple of guys who were very renowned at the time. I want to say Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker or something like that, maybe, or mm-hmm. a couple of those guys anyway. Um, and it was just lauded as being a really interesting series. So I bought the first trade and read it. And quite enjoyed it from memory. I haven't returned to it at all. But it very much... What was more interesting about those is you know how they talk about there were other Iron Fists and we do see that yeah, little bit of black and white footage. Like World each War generation or, or whatever. The yeah. Buffy thing, yep. Yeah. Um, it did It did a better job of discussing those sorts of things. Like you got to see a bit more of like the Iron Fist from like a pirate Iron Fist and an Iron that's, Fist I with like guns and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. Those things... Like it was very phantom you Do you know the Phantom yeah, comics? Yeah, yeah. Kind of had that stuff going for it. Um, and I quite liked that um, that series. It I didn't continue reading. It wasn't like Runaways or uh, Fables or, or the Why the Last Man or some of the ones I really loved. Mm. Um, but it was a pretty good thing. And that was my introduction to the character. Right. And I ha- the thing is, beyond that, though, you it's not like Luke Cage or Daredevil where I've seen him in other forms and other places in TV or cartoons or whatever or in video games. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the Iron Fist again. So when they announced he was going to be one of the defenders, I was like, "Oh, cool! This is a character that, while I'm aware of, and I've seen a bit of. Um, no one, he's just not a big part of the Marvel scene. It's cool that we're getting to some, see some right. of these like now, total C or D list characters get some light." In the comics, yep. I read that um, Iron Fist and Luke Cage have like often been paired. There together. was, is especially right? early on, in the version that I read, the sort of mm. the restart of the Iron Fist, like Iron Fist number ones that I was reading. Mm. Um, that I, I don't remember Luke Cage being involved in that at all. Okay. But definitely from what I've read as well, especially back in the 70s, and mm-hmm. um, maybe through the 80s and so forth as well, those characters have been teamed up a lot. Right. So it makes okay. sense that they've become, they're, they're defenders They'll now. Be part of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly right. So that was my, and so yeah, I went into this quite hopeful be, only because my previous exposure had been positive. And just like, isn't it cool that we're getting to some of these really lower tier characters mm. who could, who, aren't your Iron Mans and your Thors and stuff like that, or even your Daredevils. Let's keep going deeper and yeah, deeper Yeah, I mean, that. these when these shows were first announced and we had Daredevil, which I had obviously heard of before, and then, you know, we had Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, and even before I had seen these shows, the I mean, the just the, the general concept of having, you know, a season of television dedicated to these smaller characters in the Marvel Universe, I mean, that is very exciting, absolutely, as a concept. Um, but it's been interesting to go on this journey with you to see how well they've actually been able to uh, do it. Absolutely. Let's do what we always do then or have started doing in recent times. Let's mm-hmm. do our five word summation. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'll go first because you generally go first. Okay, sure. So go for it. Damascus, it what's up? your five word summation on this season? My five word summation would be Danny is no one's hero. That's only four words, isn't it? Or is no one's two words? No one is two words. Oh, okay. There you go. I don't know. All right. Mine is, why should I fucking care? 
That's, yeah. I, f- I, f- I feel like... I think we're we, setting a we, tone we said, here. We're setting a I tone. I feel like we said the same thing, just mine was much nicer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, good. Great. Let's get into some specific discussion points yeah. then. Um, <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about is yeah. straight up just the pilot episode. Mm. First episode of these 13 episodes. Yeah. And what first impressions can do for you and how important a pilot episode is Mm -hmm. to set up your characters, to set up your drama, your storylines, your themes, your mythology, your everything that's going on here. Yes. And how fucking bad this pilot episode is. How much it doesn't do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. We are introduced to Danny... From memory. What a character. What a character. <laughs> uh, who, what's the name of the actor who plays uh, Danny again? It's uh, Finn Jones. Finn Jones. Now, do, what, do you remember what we've seen Finn Jones in before? Game of Thrones, of yeah, course. Yeah, Ga- Game of Thrones. Loras Tyrell, I'm pretty yes. sure. Yeah. So, Marjorie's brother. Um, yeah, is that right? Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, that's right. Ooh, did you get that right. Um, and, like, he was fine in that. He was never a standout for me, but he served his he did purpose. the job, yeah. Fine. Um, when he was cast, it was like, cool, that makes sense. You know, he's an alright actor, he'll be fine for it. I don't necessarily think this is his fault, but Danny Rand, what's going, what, mm, let, I, I'm getting off track already. The the pilot, where's just Danny Rand, what is he doing? He has come back to New York City mm. and he's finding his way inside of Rand Enterprises. Yeah. He like sneaks his way up to the floor to talk to the Meachams. Mm, um, the hijinks of that. The hijinks of How that. How fun to watch. We meet, the, we meet Joy and Ward. No one in this scene is fun or interesting or anything. <laughs> and they never get fun or interesting or anything. No. Danny leaves. He goes and sits in the park. He meets up with a hobo who has a telephone. I'm pretty sure hobo is a very... Um, I don't think we're allowed to use that term anymore. Is that right? Okay. The homeless if, man. If I'm using bad terms, it's because I feel derogatory about this entire show. Right. So every It's not about can, the people. It's got nothing it's to do with homeless people. It's got to do with the story. Like. I apologize for that, using that term. <laughs> we meet a homeless man in the park who has a telephone who says, I've got this phone. It's amazing what you can do with it. Ask me a question. Look, Let's look someone up. I'll be exposition. And then <laughs> proceeds to explain things that could that you know maybe should have just come out in conversation or the mm. flashback or something yeah. something to 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 that's a bit more interesting than just looking things up on a phone explaining it to this random character. Yep. And I I like what happens in this episode. Why should I I I it is it's so clunky and amateur and I don't know who I'm meant to like. I don't know who I'm mm-hmm. meant to dislike. I'm not sure. What the show wants from me? I mean, I think your feeling of aimlessness, aimlessness. is, is That's certainly That's a good way of putting it. Um, absolutely coming from the show. It feels like a show that has a very loose premise, um, filled with no character at all, um, no real direction, no clear direction at all. Yeah. It's simply a one-line premise that for whatever reason has been okayed as a 13-hour-long season. That's what this is and it's inexcusable. It's just The writing is so bad. Really bad. There is We've, no And character. there's been bad writing. Of course, of course. But this is next level. Yeah. I mean, I've got – I mean, in my notes, I've got a 
big long paragraph oh, about good. how I feel about these showrunners. Yeah. I am astounded that this was allowed to be produced. Yeah. It is incredible to me that a show of this low quality has been made under the Marvel banner. Or Netflix. Netflix or has Netflix. generally been pretty good at I mean they I mean as they There's, go on and make more and more, they sure. are a bit more hit and miss. I don't yep. think they quite have the esteem that they once did. There's some which pretty, is natural. I think but I think that what Netflix is doing a good job of mm. is when it they've been hitting and some of them have. Have you heard about Ozark? This new Jason Bateman one? Yeah, I haven't watched it. Apparently, everyone's fucking raving about this show. It came out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know it was a thing that was coming at mm. all. And and then Glow as well this yeah, season. Amazing. Yeah. And so these shows keep coming up that keep getting a lot of good attention. And the ones that are bad just tend to fade into the yeah, background. At, like a television station, right? If if there's just shit, then of course we recognize their shit. But Netflix has a lot of good quality stuff going on still. Mm-hmm. And so I, my esteem for them, I one. Well, I'm go. I'm the more I expend with them, the more I'm a little bit uh, anxious. Isn't the right word, but I'm, I'm. I will go in with less high expectations or less enthusiasm into a series. I'll, I'll wait for it to impress me rather than be sure it's going to be great. Yeah. But they still seem to have really good stuff coming out, which is mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Yeah. So I when think- something like this gets through, it still does surprise me, though. Yeah. This bad. I mean, I think this is surprising because with both. Marvel and Netflix, they have a, you know, a history, a pretty solid foundation of creating things or using um, properties that we already know and having showrunners or directors or people behind the scenes who have a very clear vision of what they're doing. Yeah. And Yeah, yes and no. Uh, Marvel MCU definitely. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. totally. Um, and and Netflix as well has done that. I Netflix think Netflix as an entity with, itself, you know, like like Strange Things and Glow and Orange is the New Black. Yeah, agreed. Okay, that, that's sure. that's what I mean. Like yep. Marvel films and Netflix. That's what I'm sure. Gotcha. Bringing together there, not so much the Marvel TV shows. Yep. Um, so say Daredevil doesn't feel like that no, after no, no, Drew Goddard left. No, I feel no. like that was a shambles. But yeah. Um, and I think that's a such an important element to have is. A, someone, you know, captaining the ship who is like, this is what we're doing, this is what we're making, um, with a real love and passion for what they're doing and an incredible insight in what to what makes the characters within the story um, lovable or empathetic or interesting. Marvel Netflix shows have consistently failed at that, I yeah. think. And this show, it is egregious <laughs> what has been done. Like... There is no character here. Yeah. These people, this is a show written by people who have completely ignored the evolution of television over the last 10 years. Mm, mm-hmm. Like television is incredible now. Mm. This show, it's not even passable. Mm-mm. Maybe 10 years ago, it would have been just another bad show. Ne- but now it's just like, I can't believe this is being made. It's what you're saying is 100% right. I'm just thinking about the MCU at the moment. And one of the things that makes the cinematic universe work so well, and one of the reasons I keep getting excited is because of the names they keep attaching yes, to direct these things. Their casting has been spot on for a long time. Mm-hmm. But then you think of their your James Gunn's and your Joss Whedon's and your Tika Waikiki, whatever his name is, the guy. The I've guy. never attempted to say his name out yeah, loud. Yeah, it's yes. hard. He <laughs> is doing Thor, and I'm really excited Very about exciting. that. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep bringing these people who are like, that's an interesting director. That's mm-hmm. really cool. The what the uh, not the Weisso brothers, the um, 
the Coen brothers. No, it's not the Coen brothers. The two guys, anyway, the brothers that are doing the Captain America and now the Avengers series, um, who used to be community writers, mm. um, they're doing an incredible job. I'm really glad they've recognised that they're, they're great and are holding on to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've just keep choosing talent who seem to be excited or at least have a very distinct style. Yes. And you can go, okay, I see what you're going for here. I understand what I'm going to get to get from Thor, mm-hmm. the Ragnarok, because of who's directing it. I understand what I'm going to get from Guardians of the Galaxy and yeah. so forth. Well, they take these properties that already exist and then these exciting directors who infuse it with something else, yeah. infuse it with energy. And I think that's what you need to do to keep this kind of universe alive and flourishing. And it's why I was I was sort of a little 50-50 on J.J. Abrams for Star Wars, just because mm-hmm. Disney is also sort of the other part of Marvel now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Star Wars Episode Seven, turned out to be good. I'm really excited about Ryan Johnson for yes. season for episode eight because yeah, we've talked about his work in love Breaking him Bad. in Breaking yeah. Bad and I like his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited for what he's going to bring. Mm-hmm. This is what makes me worried about episode nine, though, because currently the person attached to direct that is uh, Trevor or whatever his name is, or the guy who did Jurassic World. Anyway, Ooh. yeah, and Jurassic World did nothing for me. I'm no. like, oh, oh, I'm not. In, I'm very. That one worries me. That to me feels like a we're choosing you because you've directed blockbusters, not we're choosing you because you have a great voice and yes. and vision, which is Ryan Johnson does. And this is what's always been my problem with the DC universe, Mark Exen universe. Zack Snyder's been behind. What is it? 60% of it now, mm. or Zack Snyder and whoever the guy was that did Suicide Squad, both, or, uh, yeah, I can't remember his name right now. Zack Snyder has a style, but he has no voice for character whatsoever, mm-hmm. and that is obvious. And the guy whose name, I can't remember who did Suicide Squad, he'd previously pretty much exclusively made like war films. And it's like, why did you get him for Suicide Squad? And you can feel that he doesn't know what he's doing there either. And this is exactly what's happening with Netflix is all these writers they bring in, there is no one that stands out and you go, oh, I'm excited. Like they need like uh, a Dan Harmon, not Dan Harmon necessarily, or Mm -hmm. but but like a a creative force on television who has a voice. With their own voice, yeah, totally. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and zero of these people seem to. Drew Goddard was going to be that guy. And mm. then he had to leave the project. Yeah, that's it's such a shame. All these writers just have like every time I look them up and go, I've never heard of you before. You've been in a writer's room for a bunch of shows that have been semi successful and they've just got you in because it fits their budget, I feel. And it's really it's the it's the exact opposite of what the MCU is doing. And you can feel it. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's so stale. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, that but but my yeah. point was I was like I was off so quickly on this show mm-hmm. that pilot I was just like what am I watching what is this I feel like this it is lacking anything for me to latch on to mm-hmm. and the even there's this like the, I don't think the action is bad in this show I think it's fine it's not memorable but it's fine it's serviceable it's better than some of the stuff in Daredevil season one um, there's this bit where he's where Danny's with Joy and. There's this, she's waiting for a car to pull up and this taxi goes past and has to do a flip over it. And it's <laughs> so poorly shot and executed yeah. and so dorky. You're just like, what the fuck am I watching? Mm. What is this? And I was just off so quickly with this show. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, the character of Danny, uh, who, you know, is our protagonist. Uh, he's the man we should be wanting to watch is so unlikable. So unlikable. He is a child without charm. 
mm-hmm. um, which a child without charm is really just kind of a brat or just boring. Yep. Um, and he, I think he fluctuates between the two, a boring mm-hmm. child to a bratty child. Sure. And unless you are an actual child character, I don't want to see a grown man act like that. Someone who's not who's meant to be a a great hero, a great warrior. Sorry, it's not doing it for me at all. Let, let's just go through our list of characters for a second. So our, our number one character is obviously Danny Rand. Mm-hmm. What is his goal? What is he after? He's our protagonist. Well, that was what does he want? That, I mean, that was my first point, and in my five word summation was Danny is no one's hero. And what like so my question was really going to be. What is it about Danny or his journey that we are meant to be rooting for? What is what it? is what is his purpose? Yep. What is he doing here? What is the the goal of the season? What are we striving for? Um, if it's to get back the company to rejoin his life, he really does that in the first couple of episodes. So that's not it. that can't be it. Um, what what is it? Is it to battle the hand? Well, yes, he does that but also he doesn't he isn't totally committed to that because you know he did leave his great responsibilities in Kunlun um and also he's not really willing to always kill the hand so that's he's not like purely about that so what is it he's dot 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 he's uh, our introduction to him is i want to my company back yeah <laughs> i want my dad i want it's my dad's name on the building i want it it's my legacy fucking great I could not give a shit. There is nothing to convince me that that yeah. is worth me investing time mm-hmm. and energy into. Yeah. Is caring about that, and then once he is, particularly on it, since it, there isn't a really clear idea of what Rand Enterprises is. What Rand, Rand what, Enterprises what they, is, like, and why he just cares about so much, even. And yeah. a part of that is we just don't get any time. Like if he wants to talk about it being his parents' legacy, the one flashback we have to him as a kid, apart from him being on that plane, involves. Joy and Ward, and Ward is a fucking sociopath. I thought Ward was going to be like a serial killer like in that flashback. Be, based off that. But he's actually one of the more empathetic characters in the show. Which I want to come back to mm-hmm. those two in a second, Joy yeah. and Ward. And it's just like, yeah. I, I, I don't, and once he's on the board, he's like, he still doesn't use it for good unless it like happens to him. He's unless so it directly reactive. affects him. They go, okay, we're going to do this. And we're going to mm-hmm. increase the fees. He's like, no, no, no. Let's make it so we do it at cost. And everyone's like, no, we can't do that. It's bad, bad for business. And he throws his weight around and does it. And it's like, cool, great. And then someone comes to him and says, what are you going to do about the plant that's poisoning people and give them cancer? It's mm. like, oh, we're going to stop that. But he's there's no active heroism here. He's not going out of his way to do anything. He doesn't believe in anything. No. He's just... He's purely reactionary. Like if, he's, if he's good, yeah. he only does it because someone brought it up. Yep. Like, but even then, he does it in such a way that is so ignorant <laughs> to the people around him. Yes, you know, you can be good and stuff and you like, you know, this is my company and I want it back and I like I want to be here and all this stuff. And yes, so now you've got the company and you want to do good, but you walk in not having spent a day in that fucking office, yeah. having done any goddamn work, and then you tell Joy, who's fucking worked her entire life there, how to run this business, whether it could be running that business into the fucking ground, you don't know because you don't know anything. You you have a, a 10-year-old child's education. You want to tell me how to run this multi-billion dollar business? I'm sorry. Oh, he was an intern at uh, Hogarth's <sighs> firm apparently oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. What? Didn't he? What? what? I didn't understand that. How old was no, he? No, no. Hogarth was an intern oh, at Oh, intern at Rand. Rand. Yeah, oh, yeah. was it? Sorry. Um, 
So you can so tell like, which ones are paying attention. Like, if we see him have any kind of work ethic, that might work for me, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to educate himself. He just wants to be the boss. And that isn't cool. That's not charming. That isn't – I can't empathize with a character like that. Trump? Yeah. Me- <laughs> Meanwhile – his other side of his story involves him, yes, leaving Kunlun, coming back to his life uh, in New York, um, and he's basically just just stalking this woman until she finally lets him like live in his her dojo, and he just he will not take fucking no for an answer. He's a real prick about this. It really upsets me how much Colin has to put up with mm-hmm. from him. He how everyone around him has to mold to his will. Yeah, yeah. It is it's it's so obnoxious. It is that's the problem is okay. So we have this young privileged man, young when he's a child, yeah. very privileged. Get whatever he wants. And then yes, yeah, something awful does happen. His parents die. He then goes to Kunlun. He studies. He becomes the chosen one, so very privileged <laughs> once again. Then he comes back to New York, gets his company again, 51% of it, yeah. hasn't done any of the fucking work for it, and then he goes around, tells Colleen how to fucking fight. He tells like – well, he does, actually doesn't tell Claire what to do, thank fucking Christ. He tells what, what to do. He tells Joy what to do. He just dictates to everyone. He There is oh, – there is no – movement within him he's just like constantly pushing out and he's never like receiving anything from anyone else around him he's always just telling people what to do can you tell that i hate danny rand i can (laughs) and you deserve he deserves it like there is nothing like he's our lead character um okay beyond that the next two people that are most important are ward and joy Mm -hmm. so i want to let's do ward okay so ward is a complete sociopath, it seems. That's at the least impression we get. Very yeah, at the early very on. beginning. Yep. He's a real prick to Danny. Danny's not making it easy. Danny is very bad at articulating what he wants to articulate mm-hmm. and is going about this the completely wrong way. Yep. Um, but yeah, Ward's story is a little bit interesting. He's got his daddy manipulate. he's supposedly dead daddy who mm-hmm. only he knows about being alive, manipulating the company, and he's sort of doing his work for him and he's mm-hmm. constantly doing it for his approval. And uh that intro that storyline, I guess, is interesting. Sort of. I had a hard time. I mean, yeah, I think it's interesting. I just didn't, I don't, I didn't know what they wanted me to, to do what with else Ward. is going on. Yeah, sure. I mean, this is, I didn't begin watching The Iron Fist to watch Ward and his daddy issues, but when yeah. I'm there, well, when I'm with Ward, not so much when I'm with Ward and Harold, because I've got a whole other opinion about Harold oh, Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I'm there with Ward and he's struggling or, you know, and his relationship with Joy, I, I feel what they're feeling more than I do, I think, with any other character, really. Um, so I appreciate that. That's a bit of solace for me, something to cling on to in the show. Is it good? No, it's not. Yeah. Um, but in this show, looking for something to cling to, I enjoyed the performance of Ward. Yeah. I also thought um, the woman who played Joy was also good. I liked them together. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on. It's not that the performance is bad. Joy is a nothing character. Oh, to- no, totally. She is given totally. nothing to do. I think, but when her and Ward are together, that brother-sister chemistry, it does work for me. And I need something. And I'm just 
Look, I'm picking up scraps off the floor and yeah. you can shake your head at me and I don't disagree. No, I'm but shaking I'm, the head at the, sh- at the show. Yeah, like, but it's I'm, not huge. I'm just, I'm just, they are scraps and I'm, I'm desperately clinging to them. But yeah. that's, that's what I, I don't want to completely shit on Ward as well because sure. he is miles ahead of what Danny is. Well, at least he has a compelling emotional thing. He's got something that he, like, yeah, he's in a predicament, a position mm-hmm. that is... He actually had, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He has drama. Yes. He actually has drama around him. In that him. moment when, you know, he's he's really struggling and Joy's like, you know, talk to me and stuff. And he just like, he says, I can't in like this mm. really terrible, like frustrated way. And I was like, oh, that was good. That was nice. A bit of emotion that I yeah. can recognize as human emotion. Sure, yeah. That's very good. So, I, I did appreciate that. Col- uh, not Colleen, uh, Joy on the other hand, mm. um, again, I don't think it's got anything to do with performance. I just don't think she's she do- she's nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's providing for the show apart from being the the Meacham that doesn't know that Howard's alive for a lot of it. Yeah. I got to a point where I was like, can Joy just know now, please? Come on. I mean, I... She was just kept out of the story for that reason, yeah, though. She was yeah. kept out of being mm-hmm. do- being active in any real way. Mm-hmm. She was the one... She almost like represented... Rand, she represented the Meachams in a way in terms of what Danny was doing to the company. Mm-hmm. And so she's the one who is getting put out by Danny being there and then the, the board basically votes them out. And then she's got to get a company back. But I don't care about the company and I don't care about her. Mm-hmm. So I don't care. There's nothing to care about there. I just There's nothing to grab onto. I think I could care about Joy. Um, but yeah, I, I need, I need more. And if we're going to focus on Rand Enterprises, then can we focus on Rand Enterprises? If we're going to focus on Danny Rand being the Iron Fist and firing the hand and like, let's focus on then Colleen and all that stuff. Let's focus on that. But with just like little splashes here and there of joy, and I do enjoy what I see of her. I like, I like that she's like a strong, competent businesswoman. That's nice to see. That's um, good. Written on paper. Yes. That's a character yeah, I want to yeah. see in the show. There's just... There's nothing else to her. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Colleen? Um, why on... Oh, I mean, I want to like her, but I can't like someone that likes Danny Rand. <laughs> I was like, she has such <laughs> bad judgment. Yeah. Um, there is The there, fact there, that she puts up with his shit... Um, and that she's constantly defending his shitty ideas... And Clara will be like, hey, that's a shitty idea. Yeah. And Colleen will be like, hey, come on, don't be so harsh. Like, why not? He's a grown man. She can tell him that he's a fucking idiot if he's a fucking idiot. Um, I Colleen, Colleen could have been... I, I, it was like tw- As the season went on and we found out that she was like basically a part of the hand, had mm. been a part of the hand the whole time, the idea that the hand was more than just the group of nasty drug-dealing ninjas that we'd seen mm-hmm. through Daredevil and yeah. now finally this... Um, I think that could have been. I, I mean, that's like that concept. That. So do I. The I, fact that there's different like factions of the hand, and some might different fingers. I like to think Ooh, of the hand. Yeah. yeah, I do love. I'm not gonna go there. Better <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> left unsaid. Yes. Um, imply what you will in that in that silence. Whatever you're thinking, um, that's correct. <laughs> that's right. Uh, now I've just completely distracted myself. So, yeah, no, I like the idea of, yeah, different fingers of the hand um, and that some think they're doing this, like, really righteous mission and yep. that, like, you know, just like uh, in Kunlun, they, they've taken on these children and pr- practically created child soldiers. The hand is doing that as well. So what is, like, 
they're, they're two sides of the same coin. That's cool. Let's explore that. But they never really do. So as a concept, I like it. And I like the role Colleen could play in that. Well, my favorite scene, I think, from the entire mm. show is, I think it's the end of episode 12, when they're dealing with... Uh, who's the hand leader? The not not Madame Gao, the other one. Bakudo. Bakudo, and they're they're at uh, they're in Central Park at the fountain thing, and like it's raining heaps, and mm-hmm. Bakudo gets taken down. Then Danny's going to kill him, but then can't, and then Davos decides to do it. Yeah. Um, I because that to me was really interesting. The 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 idea the like Danny is has left Kunlun is sort of shirking his responsibilities as the Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. You've got Colleen who represents. The hand, but like she is a virtuous person inside this evil organization. Then you've mm. got Davos, who's meant to be, you know, like he's like he could have been the Iron Fist, but yeah. and everyone keeps reminding me of that. Poor Davos. I know. You're not the Iron Fist. Um, and I, there was that like tug of war, but and this gray area of like what it means to be the Iron Fist and are uh, uh, Kunlun and all that. Is that a, are they good? And what's the hand really? Mm-hmm. Are they good or bad? There was there was a certain thematic intrigue there. That was like, yes. oh, okay, hold on a second. There's something there. It lasts that scene basically, yeah. and. That frustrated me even. That uh, makes as the frustrating. Uh, there was something here that was worth exploring, and I'm a, of a big believer that Davos should have been introduced into the series way earlier. Mm-hmm. He should have been there like episode three or something like that. When we see the flashbacks of Danny and Davos in Kunlun, yeah, I remember taking a note, being like, "I wish this show had been structured differently." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish that we had gotten to know Danny Rand as he was maybe coming up in Kunlun, as we saw him and why he would have left, but also the weight of his responsibility. And so we could empathise with why this young man would want to leave. And then when he gets to New York, why he does feel so light because he is finally free of that oppression that he feels. Um, That could have been interesting. That's not how they choose to do it. And I think the show is the poorer for it and the character is the poorer for it. Well, this was my next note. Mm. All telling, no showing. And mm. there are so many conversations about Danny talking about his parents or people talking about things that have happened or talking about Kunlun or talking about all these things and they never show it. And like I've I've uh, had some criticisms of like flashbacks in the past mm-hmm. or even like, you know, going ahead and then coming back and like using that sort of flashback structure can be a little bit of a crutch sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, it's a hell of a lot better than just talking about it. Telling yeah. me about the drama. Telling me about your conflict and your feelings. Absolutely. Fuck that. But I think like, yeah, as much as sometimes flashbacks and flash forwards can be a crutch, I think it also like within context depends on the story you are telling. Yeah. And if the story you are telling is, you know, may, may have like mystical or mythical elements that we as an audience would have a hard time kind of wrapping our head around. I think it can be a really useful tool to show the weight of like this world that really doesn't exist in our own and so we don't yeah. have any context for it. I think it can be really useful. And in this instance, I think it would have been very useful. Very, very, yeah. very, very useful. And the fact that it's not there, it's just, yeah, oh, boy, oh boy. It just doesn't give you anything to latch on to. It no. sucks. Yeah. Um, I'm getting angry do you have any specific notes you want to discuss before i continue maybe i want to talk to you about what i wish had been done sure and as this show was going on and on and i was getting (laughs) angrier and angrier i got to a point where i was like i i wish someone and maybe if i had 
being given the opportunity, I would have fucked it up as much as these people did. But I was just like, oh, I just want to like redo this. I like, you know, people love the Iron Fist and love this character. Like, let's give them something good. And while I don't know the huge amount of history, I was just like, there's got to be a better way to do it. So I've just written a little idea that I had. Okay, sure. To show, yeah. So this is like what I we've done this before. There yeah, was, we uh, have. was another episode. I can't remember what it was, and we went through like, a, what if we done it this way? Yeah, yeah. This is fun. So this is. I mean, it's very easy to say. <laughs> I know. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think this is worth discussing. Yeah. So, um, and keep in mind, I don't know all the history of Iron Fist and all that sure. stuff. So I'm sure people will be like, oh, you can't do that. Blah blah. blah. But anyway, no, I think the Iron Fist is one of those characters, though, that it he's not so recognisable mm. or so precious that you could change some things, exactly. it would be okay. Um, and they've certainly changed things already in what they've done. For oh, absolutely. That exists. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's just under my little heading co- called What I Wish Had Been Done. Um, so because Claire has this little speech um, with Danny or whatever about how he could be more than a destroyer. Um, and so I've just written, it makes me wish Danny was a teenager who would come to live with Claire and that they had like formed a family. I think that could work. She'd teach him how to have fun and laugh. He'd be the serious kid who would learn that his abilities are such a light and wonderful thing. Um, and the defenders could have like, could have had their like Spider-Man. And so I've gone into more detail there mm. and I've written, so Danny Rand is in a plane crash as a child. Monks tell him his name and that he, he's from Earth. Um, but they teach him about Kunlun. Um, you know, he's a chosen one type vibe. You can you can still have all of that, um, but just like bring it back so he's really growing up a little bit younger in Kunlun. Um, so he's, you know, when he's a teenager, he's sick of his life and so he runs back to Earth. Um, he's sick of all like all that pressure, that oppressive um, type world he's living in in Kunlun. Um, and he wants to know more about life and his family because he was a baby. He doesn't really want to know. So that's a big motivation for him. Uh, so he battles the hand when he he sees them either surveying or attacking Colleen's dojo. So that stuff's the same. She's also a teenager, um, and it's actually her sensei or adoptive dad's dojo. So that could still be Bakudo. Um, Colleen, uh, not ne- not yet knowing he's the Iron Fist, hides him in the dojo since he doesn't have anywhere else to go. They go out fighting. They're two kids who want to be like big heroes. They go out. Um, Danny gets injured at a point, and Claire, who was a nurse, an awesome person obviously still going to the dojo, sees blood or perhaps Colleen confides in her because she's a cool lady. Eventually it's discovered that Colleen's sensei dad is a faction of the hand and that Colleen was asked to recruit him when she discovered he was the Iron Fist because, you know, she's a child soldier as well. Uh, Danny's upset, fights back and runs to Claire. Claire helps Danny and convinces him to come live with her in a real house while they get in contact with his family, Old Life, aka the Rand family and the Meachams. And with Claire, he learns to have fun, be a kid, use his sense of humour, and he can embrace levity. And then we also get to see a different side to Claire. Um, sure. And then, so Danny excitedly gets to know the Meachams, is welcomed into the family and the company. He's sad to leave Claire, but she agrees that he needs a real family. But Danny, after being betrayed by Colleen, is more suspicious and wary. He notices some things that are wrong. He's a kid, naturally curious, and discovers discovers the 13th floor, much like the sh- what's already on the show there. You can still have that. You know, the hand's everywhere and he's kind of getting the sense of that, that even though he ran away from Kunlun, the hand is everywhere. He can't really escape it and he can't really escape his responsibilities. Um, and so he's, and this fills him with rage again. He goes on an Iron Fist rampage. He destroys a lot of people and he's exhausted and confused. He runs back to Claire, kind of that safe haven. And he knows himself to be a destroyer. 
Claire calms him. She, she tells him of all of her friends, all of her powerful friends. They each have a special power and they could be destroyers, but they're not. They have chosen to be defenders. And then that's his introduction into like meeting other powerful people who show him there's like a different way to go about things. So I just want to like alter. So that young boyish thing. How, how old did you put him at? Like 15 maybe. Okay. 14, 15, something like that. Yep. So that young boyish side, you can kind of excuse that level of arrogance um, that adult Danny Rand has. Um, he's a very serious boy, obviously grown up with monks. He learns a bit of levity with Claire and obviously like being with Colleen and that's all very exciting and he's free. Um, I just think, I think it works better if he's younger. It certainly helps because, yeah, like you said, him being younger, a bit more naive, a little mm. bit more brash or whatever, does go a long way to excusing some of his actions as an adult mm. um, I think one of the things that they wouldn't have wanted to do when your version is take mm. out so much of the corporate stuff because for whatever reason that <laughs> seems to be a part of the Iron Fist legacy now mm. I think if there's anything you could ditch it's that yeah. like first and foremost just get rid of that yeah. um, but in general I, I, I like it um, it would be a very to, I, different take on the Iron Fist yeah I tried to keep a lot of like the plot points that the main because I didn't want to completely deviate from what they've got because then it's just completely different um so yeah I would try to like strip back the corporate stuff and like we've it said it reminds in, me a bit of like you're almost taking some notes from like Avatar there in terms of the young yeah like runs very away much from, very much yeah. so um because I think like our complaint for a few of these shows is that we and they've tried to do it but we miss that like sense of family of like, you know, the real community of like mm. people really connecting. And I think this could have been a way to do that. We, we have Claire, who we all already love. I think it's unanimous. Um, yeah, I love Claire. Yeah, everyone loves Claire. And so to have her kind of teach this young dude with power, like how to be, how to go through the world, because she's experienced these people. She knows the toll that it takes. Um, and also like the very big decisions you have to make when you have a power like that. Um, so, yeah, I think it could have been a way to bring them both together. And also, like, yeah, because of, like, the different generations of Iron Fist. It d- yeah, I, I don't think it really affects it to have him as a, a young guy. And then we can even have, like, at some point flashbacks of the different generations of Iron Fist. That, to me, is the one thing that's left on the table that I wish they could have done more with. Mm. They – we only really, from memory, and maybe I was disconnecting from this, but we just see that one bit where they're like, oh, this is the previous Iron Fist, Right. Probably one of my favorite bits. It, it was it was cool. It was it's because yeah. because that is a cool concept. That yep. legacy of like previous Iron Fist mm-hmm. is one of the things that learning works from in those that, people, learning from their mistakes, yeah, yeah, all that stuff is mm-hmm. is one of the cooler aspects of the comic that I remember. And I don't remember the comic extremely well, but that is it's great. This idea, this is a tile that's passed down. There's different people have done this, and they've all had their own problems. It's one of the reasons I love about Avatar is mm. we see and Buffy as well when we Buffy, see like the past slayers and stuff. It and does where a they lot. went wrong when mm-hmm. you want to talk about a title and what that means showing other people who have gone through this Mm -hmm. and their individual struggles gives that character so much context and that title so much that what it means to be that thing Mm -hmm. so much context and so to leave that on the table like they did is kind of it's a waste opportunity in a big way Mm, for a season that needed something else and for a character that needs to be defined because right now the only thing that defines him from the other Defenders and any other superheroes at all is that he does kung fu and has has the iron fist power and can heal, which they got to eventually. Mm. Um, they're like his things because beyond that, like he's just another strong guy. He's just another good fighter. He's yeah. not that different to Daredevil, really. No, 
Not at all. And that, there's just not enough. There's just, it's just another super person in New York. Who's, yeah, and the fact that it, like, his power is also strength. Strength again. So we've got Jessica Jones. The healing, the healing is cool. When the healing happened, I was like, oh, cool. They've got, like, their mage or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I was like, oh, sweet. Um, Yeah, so we've got (laughs) Jessica Jones, who is strong. We've got Luke Cage, who is strong. We've got Daredevil, who's a fighter and strong. We've got. He's got his super senses. Daredevil's got that going for him. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, but. It's, but ultimately, he's a fighter. He's a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fights and, the same way. Yeah, and then Iron Fist, you know, a, a fighter who becomes strong when he chooses to be. Or sometimes, sometimes not. Who knows? Yep. <clears throat> so, there's not a huge amount of diversity there. Yes. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out in The Defenders. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I want to talk about Claire as well for a second mm-hmm. in this show. I've loved Claire throughout the entire thing. She's been one of the highlights for me. Yeah. I really feel like Claire should not have been... This season as it is, mm. the, the version that we got of Claire should not have been in it. I think... I a it's so poorly written. I don't even think Rosario Dawson was able to fight through a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and also, I think they kind of made Claire worse by her being in there. Like Claire... I, I will ignore this. I will I will look as an aberration mm-hmm. and forget that the Claire was in this. This whole thing of like mm-hmm. her going to China and stuff. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you are so much more sensible than this. Yeah. You don't have any you have nothing to offer here and you know it. Mm-hmm. Her like her journey to being the night nurse should not have included going on some damn fool crusade to uh China. Just didn't make sense to me that she was there. Well, she wasn't acting like Claire. To well, me. that's the thing. You can have a great character, but if you don't have the writers behind it, it doesn't work. It's like fan fiction. You can like steal a 100%. bunch of great characters, but when you're reading fan fiction, you know it's fan fiction because it's not. It's good. Yeah. Um, and it was very much like that. Yeah. I mean, Rosario Dawson did the best she could, um, and I think in a lot of scenes she was the saving grace. Um, and while I think it was important for them to have that person to be like, you're really, you guys are fucking dumb. Yeah. It really bothers me that they recognize that they need that character. They put that character in, but then it has absolutely no weight with Danny or Colleen. Yeah. They completely ignore it. And even she goes along with it. Like this is the bit that annoys me as well. Is that Claire then goes, well, I'll come too. No, 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 don't stay. Mm. Be smarter than these people. Yeah. Yeah. I get that your friend died. Um, from, you know, from the hand, but that does not justify any of what you're doing. 
putting your mum's life in danger. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense for her to be doing the things she's doing, yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say? I've got one more note, one more thing I want to go through, but I want to throw it to you one more time before we do that and then hopefully move on to a bit of a summation. Um, I've just got bad dialogue. Bad dialogue. I, and I've got an example of that. Um, it's between... I was about to say Daredevil. It's between Danny and Colleen. Um, it's when they're about they're checking out the what's the the wharf or whatever. Yeah. Um, the pier. The pier. Sorry. Uh, and so they're just sitting behind some freight boxes having a convo, and it starts with um, Danny, I believe. And okay, so here we go. Hey, if it sounded like I was prying earlier, I apologize, Colleen. I'm not good at this stuff, Danny. What stuff, Colleen? Talking. (laughs) Not wrong. (laughs) Not wrong. Um, Danny, if it helps, I don't even know what I'm doing or saying until it's taken the wrong way. So, Colleen, I'm sorry if I misread your intentions with the takeout. Danny, as Lord Dwan says, one never really knows one's own true intentions. So... That's the conversation. That's that was written down on a page. Then people had to read it and perform it. It's it's terrible. It was, that was draft one. That I never made it past it. The line that poor Colleen has to say: "I'm sorry if I misread your intentions with the takeout." Yeah, someone wrote. No that one down. has ever spoken like that. Never since the 13th century, and even then they didn't have takeouts, so it doesn't <laughs> even make sense. It's just like, what is this? And yeah. then. As Lord Dwan says, one ne- never really knows one's own true intentions. No wise person has ever said that, particularly not like that. That yeah. is just, oh, if you write one, um, it sounds really smart, so I'll just write that. One never really knows one's <laughs> own true intentions. Was the, the name Lord Dwan? Dwan, yeah. Was that, the, was that the guy that was like showing up in his like... I don't know. Like that that thing that he would keep talking to his master. It mm-hmm. only happened for like two episodes and yeah. he stopped doing it. Yeah. <sighs> uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the dialogue is atrocious. The dialogue is atrocious. But like we were saying, it's not – when we talk about bad writing, it's not just the dialogue. The it's the simple plot, structure, the structure. Yeah. All of that is so bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the note I want to finish on. Okay. Before we get into quick fire comments. Let's talk about – What's good about the show? What, Damask, did you think was good about the show? I'll go first because yeah, you're obviously play, thinking. Um, <laughs> my face. Okay, go for it. Um, I thought the action scenes were... Okay, all these have question marks at the end. Like, are these good? Um, <laughs> I yourself. thought the action scenes were okay. Some of them. Um, they weren't horrific. They were not great either. They were serviceable. They were fine. Do you know what annoyed me though is... Like I'm not by no means the efficient an aficionado of like the kung fu genre, but they kept trying to make these like kung fu homages yeah. with either the split screen, which they used a couple of times, mm-hmm. or doing like the tournament thing in that episode in the middle of the season, like mm-hmm. it's like it's straight up Enter the Dragon or something like that. Um, but none of it, none of it. It was all done as going, we're just trying to do that, not actually. Well, this is the thing. I mean, and looking back at Luke Cage, which is you know, an homage to black exploitation and mm. the um, the two worlds of kung fu and like hip hop culture coming together, which is very big in like the 70s, 80s and 90s. Yeah. Like that was a big thing. And so they had elements of that, but wasn't a direct and lazy ripoff yeah. of those things. Luke Cage did that better. This show just does 
oh, let's try to do this thing, but we'll do it poorly. Yeah, basically. Full stop. And it's, it's like, we're going to make a kung fu show. Yeah, yeah. And they go about it in the most obvious, mm-hmm. uninteresting and way. Since it's 2017, if you want to do a kung fu show, you better make it fun. Mm-hmm. Because as viewers, we are far more intelligent. We have a a larger world view. Mm-hmm. We've consumed far more media mm-hmm. from all over the world. We have a different context for these things now than when they were being made in the 70s, 80s and 90s. It's very different now. And so you need to mould your show to the viewers and their level of intelligence. And they have not done that. A couple of points just from the things you brought up there. Mm. Remember last week we were doing Luke Cage and we mm-hmm. came up with very different scores because I yeah. gave a lot of... For the style. For the style. Mm-hmm. I've I've had the I was because I found that the music for Luke Cage mm. through Apple Music and it came up on my I was got in my car and Bluetooth attached mm. connected and, and it started playing it again. I, I I listened to a lot of that soundtrack. It's a great. It's a, I've, no, it's no, I've so listened to, good. I listened to the soundtrack as well. It's, it's a great, really soundtrack. good, it undeniably goes, I know good. That's not everything, but fuck, I I. No, happy I'm to say I've returned 100% to it. It's with you there. Hundred percent with you there with the soundtrack. Absolutely. Anyway, I just wanted to. I was really. I was like. I really stand by that. Anyway, the one of the con- there was a slight controversy around Iron Fist when it came out mm. because a lot of people feel like uh, Danny or the Iron Fist should be an Asian character, mm-hmm. which is an interesting conversation because he's never. I don't believe Danny Rand or the Iron Fist, his current incarnation, has ever been an Asian character in the comics. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people feel like this is another example of white or a Caucasian Western man goes to. Learns Eastern mysticism, comes the best out of it, and then it's brings like it back to the current day world. Similar white savior role, thing. white yeah. savior sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Doctor Strange was uh, given some flack because of this as well. How do you feel about that in the context of the show? Should they have recast um, or changed it from the comics? Yeah, I mean, I think I understand people's position to want the character to be white because he has traditionally been white. That mm-hmm. is the source material, and I understand that. Um, but I also know, and it's kind of what I was slightly bringing up earlier, is that in it's 2017, our understanding of um, – who was I? I was listening to a podcast. Sorry, I'm going to restructure. I was listening to a podcast a little while ago about this and the person – I think it was a conversation about Doctor Strange and they were saying that, you know, back when these – characters were being created the main audience were like young white men yeah and so you had these white male characters going into exotic locations or exotic cultures that in the 70s 80s 90s whatever um kids hadn't really experienced before and so it was a it was a way in for them that's not the case anymore kids are growing up on avatar kids are growing up watching a myriad of different things about it myriad of different cultures that's what's happening and so I think you need to alter we don't need to but I think it's possible to and sometimes very valid to change a character or a story slightly so it matches audience expectations and intelligence levels and I think we have seen many a time a white man go in to an eastern culture or you know a native american culture or many different cultures and become the one Mm -hmm. become the most important person in that culture and i don't think we need that story anymore 100 agree we don't need that we don't need that story um i don't think 
it detracts at all from the character of Iron Fist to make him an Asian man. I think it actually enriches the story. And I'm actually, I've actually got a little quote here. It's from Vulture. Uh, it's from an article called Meet Louis Tan, the Asian-American actor who could have been Iron Fist. Now, Louis Tan, you, if you've obviously watched Iron Fist, you will recognise him as when they go to China, there is that fighter who is the drunk yeah, guy holding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that is Louis Tan. Um, did you like? Did you like him? I did. I thought that fight scene was fucking cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So his name's Lewis. He Tan. was. He was a character. He was a character. <laughs> he, and he didn't need a whole like. I didn't need a lot of explanation. There was just. I was l- like in that one scene. Basically, mm-hmm. we have with him. Mm-hmm. He. He was. There was. I was being exposed to him. I was learning things about him. He had things that made him interesting. Yes. I was really enjoying that scene. Actually. Yeah. yeah. So, this actor, he's the son of a very famous stunt coordinator and he's also obviously well-trained in martial arts, as we see mm-hmm. um, in that fight scene. Um, but he was also seriously considered to play the part of Danny Rand. And Vulture did an interview with him um, because after his episode aired, he was getting a whole lot of attention because people were like, oh, who's this guy? Um, and this is something that he said about having, coming, ha- having come so close to getting the part. So, this is a quote from him. I personally think it would have been a really interesting dynamic to see this Asian-American guy who's not in touch with his Asian roots go and get in touch with them and discover this power. I think that's super interesting and we've never seen that. We've seen this narrative already. We've seen it many times. So I thought it would be cool that it would add some more colour to the defenders. And obviously I can do my own fight sequences so those would be more dynamic. I think it would be really interesting to have that feeling of an outsider. There's no more of an outsider than an Asian American. We feel like outsiders in Asia and we feel like outsiders at home. That's been really difficult, especially for me. It's been hard for me because in the casting world, it's very specific. So when they see me and I'm 6'2 and I'm 180 pounds and I'm a muscular half Asian dude, they're like, well, I don't know what to do with this guy. They're like, he's not Asian. He's not white. No. That's what I've been dealing with my whole life. So I understand those frustrations of being an outsider. Like Danny's character, I understand him very well. When I read that quote, I was a little bit heartbroken because they, they like brought him in to audition for it. They brought him back a bunch of times oh, and he wow. was really close to getting it. And then I think and he... I just can't believe for a second that, that whatever his name is, Loris Tyrell was a Finn, better... Finn something was a better Iron Fist than he was. No, I that think, one I think scene Game I of Thrones was huge. And yeah. so they got two people from Game of Thrones in their show. I think it was a huge missed opportunity. Wait, who's the other person from Game of Thrones? Colleen. Who's she Sam playing? Snake. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't realise that. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think it's now. a really big missed opportunity. And for people who are like, no, no, Iron Fist is white. He needs to be white. I ask you this. Does it detract at all from the character simply to have him Asian? I don't think it does. And I personally think it enriches it. I, I certainly don't think it adds anything for him being white, except it being that he was in the comics, if that's what you want. Um, I think it would definitely enrich the character. And I think it would enrich but understand- Marvel as well. The Marvel yeah. MCU, Marvel Universe as it is, really doesn't have any but Asian I think, characters. Yeah, I think you need to understand that it was like if your reasoning is well he should be white because he was white in the source material then you also have to ask yourself well why was he white in the source material and that's because of the era that that it was written in and the audience well the audience has changed and so it it makes sense to change you know the ethnicity of characters or they're like 
you know, you need to, you, it's okay to change some things. I was reading into this, into the, like just a little bit of the Wikipedia stuff, you know, great research, I know, but into the mm. Iron Fist and where he came about. And similar to the reason that Luke Cage came about when he did mm. that black exploitation era, era, sorry, was the Iron Fist was Kung Fu movies were a big deal. Bruce Lee was a big deal. So they took that and mm-hmm. wanted to put that in their comic books because it was hot at the time. Yeah. But they made, like, the, they chose to make him white, not because they had a story to tell about a white man who can do Kung Fu, but because, mm. as you said, it was going to sell more. So they didn't think they had an Asian market, but they had a market of people who liked Kung Fu and like Bruce Lee. So they mm-hmm. made the character white. They didn't make him Asian. That's yeah. basically the only reason yeah. that he is the way he is. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I, I just, yeah, you're right. Exactly right. Tradition is never a good reason to do anything. Just because something was done a certain way at the time doesn't mean it's a good reason to keep it that way. And if you can see, I like I simply think the argument that we could do with an, a few more Asian characters in that Marvel universe is true. Mm-hmm. Just and we see this in big blockbusters now, obviously because China is such a huge market now. Yeah. Um, and actually, to get generally movies released in China, um, it helps to either have have something shot there or have like a ch- Chinese actor in it. Definitely. Like that helps because they only let a certain amount of foreign films in that kind of thing. So. Even like from a marketing perspective, from a monetary perspective, Definitely. having an Asian actor or a Chinese actor in a role, it's going to help. It certainly won't detract from it. Um, but back to like the – a little bit more on, on the point in which I read a comment somewhere where someone was like, oh, you know, the reason they like had a white actor – sorry, a white character then and why they might now is because when they brought Iron Fist and Luke Cage together, it was a really big commentary on white privilege and like the the experience of black people. Okay. And I was like and I was like, okay, that could be really interesting. But you could certainly have a conversation about race in America between an Asian man and a black man. Definitely. There yeah. does not need to be a white person in that conversation. Definitely. It is not people of like colour to like educate white people we like we have been educated enough we don't continually need that story over and over again i know i know we are like hashtag sjw <laughs> right i'm just imagining for a second mm. the defenders if they had an asian american iron fist you have mm. a disabled man mm-hmm. a black african-american yeah a asian-american and a woman mm-hmm. who has been the victim of domestic violence yeah holy crap <laughs> How great! <laughs> like how interesting! I love that. I, I love think that as like great. that's a yeah. great place to bounce mm-hmm. off. And tell you what, if they somehow bring Danny Rand into that, and you've got the other three characters, not the Asian American mm. character, but like this white privileged, let's be honest, extremely yeah. privileged character, in and they comment on it, that will go a long way for me. But mm-hmm. I don't trust they will don't because they, will. they didn't at all really talk about that mm-hmm. in Iron Fist at all. I think there might be... If they do... Maybe a little aside, maybe Jessica Jones says something, but I doubt they will ever explore it in an enriching or interesting way. Yeah. I really doubt it. Oh, boy, that could have been cool. Mm. Mm, that's a, that's a, you just feel... That's that's frustrating too, is like you can see the potential in this thing. I know yeah. there's something... It's. I'm upset with this show because it's bad because it doesn't have to be bad. Yes, This show exactly. could be good. It's not it's inherently like, a bad concept. I don't want people to think that we went into this show wanting to hate it. No. That is not the, our frustration comes from because we want these things to be really good. I love Marvel. Yeah, we we both do. We love Marvel. We want them to be good. We want to be excited about them. 
unfortunately, this show fell really short and we are incredibly disappointed by that. Um, and that that's where the yeah, huge amount of frustration comes from. Um, going back to my whole thing that this sprang from, what is good about this show? What do you think of, <laughs> da- you think of David Wenham in the show? Because <laughs> I thought, while I didn't have a whole lot of time for Harold Rand necessarily. Meacham. Me- Har- Re- Meacham, sorry. I, uh, I thought David Wenham was okay doing what he did. I don't know what else we could have got from um, him. I think he was told he was in an incredibly camp superhero show. But don't you feel like that's like, what else should that character have been? No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if that character existed in that world, well done. But yeah. this show is so all over the place that he like doesn't have a place to belong. Sure. Um, so he just, so he just unfortunately has to walk around eating the scenery. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, I tell you what, he when there's some life to this show, I was like, I appreciate that he was like, uh, you know, the bit where he uh, Ward kills him, stabs him like a billion times, mm. and throws him in the thing. And then a couple episodes later, he comes back from the dead, and he's like wandering around. Like that was great. I was loving that bit. He was so good in that. Scene. Loved that because it was there was some color to that. There was something. Mm-hmm. Something to grab onto that was interesting and fun, and I don't know that was, I I appreciate David Wenham was cast in that role for that bit. That that scene in particular, I agree with you. I I do. I think that was a great scene. Um, yeah, brought a bit of color to it. But the writing is so bad. Oh, the writing that terrible. I I mean, there's only so much an actor can do. Do yeah. I think David Wenham? Don't think it's David Wenham's fault though. No, no, no. Of course, that's not, I'm not saying yeah. that at all. But I'm saying. The material isn't there, oh, and so yeah. I don't think the performance is really there. That makes me go, "Oh yeah, cool." Oh no, no, I hundred percent agree. Okay. The, the, like again, the character for me is not well used or particularly interesting. No, it was. I just I was glad. Like it was interesting. Oh, David Wenham's in this show. Oh wait, he's dead. Oh wait, he's in, he he's a character. He's his background shady dealing character. This whole the whole thing doesn't make any fucking sense anyway. <laughs> but. Um, but I was like, oh, David Wenham's at least having a crack at this. Well, that's and I thing. appreciate I, that. I have a natural affection for David Wenham as an Australian. I mean, like, sure. also liking the things that he's done in the past. Oh, Faramir. Exactly. Diver Dan. Do I think... No international listeners is going to no be No one knows who Diver Dan is. Um, but do I think <laughs> he... Yes, I, I think the affection might be colouring your... Oh, yeah view of I don't know if I I don't know I don't think it's bad but I don't think it is any different from any other performance I'm I'm literally just looking for anything (laughs) to be coming on good on this is not me praising this this is me (laughs) that was David Wenham is okay question mark is literally my note okay I think I think he was on par with everyone else okay sure my next note was Hogarth cameo like Carrie Ann Moss being in this like because Hogarth like uh, that connective tissue does mm. make things somewhat more interesting when it connects yep. back to the other shows. It's just unfortunate, and it goes back to what you were saying about Shit Claire. Writing. Is that when you have these characters like Claire and Hogarth, and you have seen actually seen, seen these better. characters, yeah. seen them be better? It is just another reminder that we are watching a subpar product. Sure. Yeah. What about Madame Gao? <laughs> um, Madame Exposition. Yeah. Yeah. Look. I, she delivers exposition. Well. She I does. like that actress. I like. I got no the problems quote, with the actress. Unquote performance or even the character as performed. Mm-hmm. It all comes back down to writing from a dialogue and position in the story and the way they are utilized. Yep, that's fine. 
All yep. that stuff shits me. I, mainly this is, it's got more to do with the actors that are giving that yeah, I'm crack. Yeah, I'm getting that, <laughs> And um, I, I don't know. I really liked Colleen Wing. Just, I don't know. There was something about her that I, in, she's a bit, a bit of a spunk. I don't I, know. That's about all I've got. She's, she's a cutie pie. <laughs> she's a cutie pie. Um, I wish Colleen Wing was completely detached from Danny Rand. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Um, I think that relationship that connection marred my view of her quite a lot sure um so yeah so you asked me what did i like or if there was something good yeah. here um i liked that colleen was a part of the hand yeah i, I thought that, that was too. good yeah. I, yeah so i'm yeah I'm, and i i liked as much as it's a below average version mm-hmm. i like claire i like when she tells danny that he's been a fucking moron I appreciate that, even if he ignores her, the asshole. Um, I appreciate her position in doing that. I think that's important. I just wish they'd done something better with her. I think that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's interesting is so many of the things that have, like Hogarth and Claire and Madame Gao, which I sort of said were okay elements, mm. are holdovers from the other stuff, from, from yes. better shows. Mm-hmm. There's very little that this show brought to us that was good. That added to the Defenders mythos. Okay. We ready for quick fire comments? Yeah. I'm going to go first. Here's okay. your buzzer. Can you just check that for me? Make sure that's working. Perfect. All right. You ready? Yes. Here we go. Quick fire comments round one. I have a phone. It uses the internet. We can use it to, to, to deliver exposition in a super clunky way. Oh boy, that flip over the car was awful. The episode one cliffhanger is maybe he's crazy. That's a terrible move to try and get me invested. Wait, what? What's that in reference to? So, at the end of episode one, he gets sent to... Oh, yeah, sorry. And it's like, it kind of leaves you on this thing as like, was he just crazy person all along? And I was like, that's... Well, so either... Either he, either he is crazy, in which case I have no what reason to be show? invested <laughs> to, in anything that just happened. Or two, it, he's obviously not crazy. And yeah. we're just going to spend an episode wasting our fucking... I mean, the show is called fucking, Iron Fist, so I'm yeah. going to assume he's not crazy. We're going to spend an episode just wasting our fucking time in mental asylum. Yep. Anyway. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned my sense of humour. I thought it was my ass. Do you remember that line? What? It was no? a Hogarth line. Uh, something about um, your grace asset. I think it was Ward that said it. And Carrie Ann Moss is like, I'm glad you mentioned my oh, sense yes. of humor. I thought it was my ass. But yeah. it was like, it was so clunky. Mm. It was such a just terrible line. Yeah. Being pushed off the building looked awful. It's very convenient. What? what? Danny gets pushed out of the window by uh, Oh, that's Harold. right. And yeah. that's a cliffhanger as well. Was, and he lives somewhere. I mean, yeah. Who would have thought? Uh, it's very convenient that the map show showing Gao's shipping routes not only has the watermark of the serpent symbol, but also clickable icons that show your photo of the manufacturing building. <laughs> I thought that was beautifully put together uh, for an evil organization that's got secrets. I have to do this for Louisa, for myself. Not even Rosario Dawson can make these lines work. Yeah, no, that was absurd. Mm. That was almost as bad as... Uh, no, what was it? Remember who you Remember are. Remember who whatever. you are. <laughs> <laughs> the handwriting is distinctly non-feminine. A, what? A, what if she is gay? This is so. so this I'll, I'll put in. What, what, so, okay, no okay. context. So, for this. so they're on the oh, plane. Your handwriting's really gay. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should. I should give this context. So they're flying to China. Rosario Dawson's looking at a letter from Luke Cage, mm. and Danny's like, ah. Oh, Who's 
this guy or whatever, you know what I mean? Right. Who's this guy that yeah. you know, is this a boyfriend or whatever? Mm. And she tries to deny it. And his evidence is the handwriting is distinctly non feminine. That's a line. Like literally oh. those words. I'm like, A, what? That's not B, what if she's gay? Yeah, Why that's... would you assume that's a lover? Yeah. C, what if it's a family member? It doesn't have to yeah, be like a, just a letter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> D, he'll be glad to hear that is what Claire says. Like, what? He's got, he's that fucking like fragile it's masculinity <laughs> that if his handwriting's feminine, he's gonna be really upset about it. As oh soon as he hears God. that he's got manly handwriting, he just goes rock hard. Yeah, yeah I just thought, oh my God. That's what really was, funny. I just thought I was, <laughs> what is that? I must have been on my phone at that point. Oh, yeah. Did that guy just make a working shuriken out of tinfoil? That was fucking weird. Oh, like the ninja star? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was really funny. So dumb. <laughs> I don't even understand like the physics of that. Like, how, well, at what his, speed would you have to throw it that his, it would go through metal? So... Davos's character in the comics is called mm. the Steel Serpent. So I was trying to figure out if he has yeah. some sort of like ability to make. He doesn't. I have no idea what it that was. Doesn't make any sense. Though. He's just a ninja who can that do was that. Apparently, confusing. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, truth serum. That's convenient. Uh, and I love that Claire can just make it. Sorry. Thank you. I love that Claire can just make oh, it. Oh wait, we can just use a truth serum. Yeah. So I'll just make. We'll steal from the hospital. Wait, Wing was working for the Hand, but her recruitment center was struggling financially. The Hand has the money to for citywide surveillance tech, but they can't pay rent. Logical. <laughs> it really pissed me off. Poor Davos. Everyone has to remind him that he isn't the Iron Fist. Yeah, this just goes back to bad writing. Yeah. We get it. You we don't have it. to have every character be like, oh, it sucks you're not the Iron Fist, <laughs> am I right? And he just like sits in a corner crying. It's really weird. Anyway. There is no subtlety to this, but I like that Kun Lun wants him to kill and the ex-hand member is killing his bad. That's a proper grey area. Daredevil could learn from that. Davos- yeah, I like it because traditionally you would think to people like, oh, you can't kill yeah. other good guys. Yep, totally agree. Davos should have been in this show earlier. It would have. Uh, it's weird to say, but yeah, but did we just say, but less Claire and more Davos would have made more sense. Claire got shoehorned into this show for the sake of it. So I, I just really felt like that was missing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, is Wing just carrying around a sword in public? <laughs> They're on the fucking run. In a post 9 11 world, I don't see it happening. <laughs> Neither <Yeah>. do I. <laughs> You're going through the subway. I'm pretty sure they have like checks. Yep. Hey, you looking for me? Danny, they were just standing there having a private chat. <laughs> Wait, what? He goes into Rand Enterprises right. and uh, the hand are after him at that stage, right? right? And there's like there's two guys, oh, I swear to God, are just, just talking. <laughs> He's like, hey, you looking for me? I was like... Yeah, one guy's like, yeah, my kid's in the hospital right now. I'm having a really tough time. But, they were not... Yeah. They were Julie's upset all the time. Shutting. <laughs> Danny, what are you doing? Uh, that, that He gr- just enters like cafes and like, are you looking for me? <laughs> yeah. That ground fist shockwave thing was cool. Too bad it felt completely weightless. Uh, weightless? Do you mean like plot-wise or like actual like, like physics-wise? Physics-wise it yeah, felt okay. like it was just – like it looks cool, but it didn't feel like it had any real impact. I was worrying about like the foundations and <laughs> stuff and like what that would happen anyway. anyway totally. What would happen, yeah. Uh, I have a massive crush on Wing. She has squarer shoulders than me and I am into it. <laughs> You love a lady with square shoulders. Apparently, is that a thing? I I was just I just kept, I don't know what that I means. I kept marveling. He's like, you have these like perfectly like ninety degree angle shoulders, and I'm she does have like, kissable shoulders. Really like great. I'm a shoulders upper body lady strength. as well. I but, oh, I love it. Didn't yeah, realize. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> uh, boo! This show sucked. And <laughs> quick five uh, comments. Solid way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> that was 
That was my final note. Love Damask, it. do you have quick fire I comments? I do have quick fire comments. All right. Are you ready to go? Indeedy. Round two quick fire comments. Go. Start the clock. Sex scene. I have never wanted to turn away from a sex scene more. We barely even have a peck between Luke Cage and Claire, but we have to watch the moment of penetration between these two <laughs> piles of lumpy milk. Oh, gross. Yeah, Sorry. That, was, that was pretty gross. <laughs> it was so intense. Anyway, all right. I'm sorry to the actor, but he has no gravitas. It doesn't work. And that's obviously about Danny Rand. Episode eight. Danny is literally baby Simba when Scar tells him to run. This man child is so unpleasant to watch. What parts of this were you talking I about? don't even remember. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> run, Simba. And never return. Um, I think I want to see hardworking Joy fight to win her business way more than watching the Iron Fist fight the hand. Um, that's probably not good. Yeah, the, you're right about that. Like, she actually was invested in the company and was good at it. Yeah. There, there's, there's something to be said for that. I just... But she that seems so... Like, A, I don't care about Rand, the company Rand. Yeah. And it's so over there. Well, that's the thing. I want to watch that, but not in the Iron Fist. No, it doesn't belong in the saying. show, it's yeah. like, oh, she's like... She's a, seems like a... Well, she does bad things. A good person, good yeah. work ethic. I can, like, grab onto something there as opposed to Danny, who, like, there's nothing to hold on to. Um... Claire babysits a couple of bratty teenagers, except they're adults, and so it's not fun. That's when they're going to China, obviously. Uh, I like the battle with the drunker, the drunkard. Makes me think the Iron Fist could work as a really cool video game. Just the, like his movements, I thought were really fluid and awesome. It was very Jack Sparrow that performance as well. He had, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah totally. But they had no problem with that. Again, mm. it was like he had some flair and something yes. going for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm really sad now. You've told me he could be in the Iron Fist. I'm Fuck, not. That I'm sorry. Such a better show. <laughs> Uh, the poison looks like dark willow makeup. Uh, I would happily watch Claire read a book on Reiki or snug on her couch for an hour than watch Danny do anything. Uh, was the perspectives way off when that bird flew next to a building? Made me think of Birdemic. That's when like one of the eagle comes through. And is that really early on? There's like there's some no, shots it's really of eagles. Late. Early. There was one like, early too with the eagle, and I didn't know what was going on there. I thought it's he one had of the some, later episodes. Like, wait, is that a power that he has? Some ability to like see through. Birds. I thought they were alluding like to that. Warging. Like warging. Like no, more like it felt like Assassin's Creed. Like uh, it had like eagle vision. Maybe they were trying to allude to something so else. Warging. I remember. I remember thinking that kind of. I remember thinking that in like episode one or two there was some weird CGI bird thing and it looked awful. But I was like, oh, does he have bird powers? This is going to be a struggle. Yeah. Anyway, it's in one of the last happens. episodes when it like flies up. I think up against the Rand building. Anyway, uh, it's fucking huge. The perspective looks really weird. And it okay. just looks like Birdemic when they're like. Ah! <laughs> anyway, that's what I Everyone thought. Everyone should of. watch Birdemic, it's amazing. Um, you watch it on YouTube. So, another quick fire comment I had was not Joy. Um, Colleen, she's always in like these white singlets, like coming out of bed, but she's always wearing a fucking bra. Women don't wear bras to bed. And if you can't see a woman in a white tank top with just like normal boobs, don't put her in a fucking white tank top. Just put her in a black tank top. Put her in a different colour tank top. Anything else. Anything. Just like something normal that a woman would actually wear to bed. Um, but those shoulders, man. I love those tank tops. <laughs> really uh, But you wouldn't be offended if she just had like normal boobs that weren't in a padded bra, would you? No. Exactly. Like, what's the fucking issue? Anyway, um, and this is right at the end. Uh, yes, Danny, it is all your fault when he sees that Kunlun has been completely decimated. And quick fire comments, but we'll, we'll finish with uh, just a little discussion. What did you think about that sort of ending? So he goes back to Kunlung. He's going with Colleen. We get there. The connection's been severed, but something's gone wrong. 
it's like, oh, the idea that maybe there'll be some, if they're going to continue with this or delve more into the mythologism of the Iron Fist is interesting to me, but I'm like way too late. Like I'm so off yeah, this who, show. Who cares at this point? Why, why, what are they worried about? We are living in a world where we have fucking Thor and um, Doctor Strange and Ant-Man. And what is, why are you worried about that you don't want to go to that place sooner. Mm. One of the more the things that actually give this show context and color and you keep it out of your show, you keep it at arm's mm-hmm. length so much. Why would you start there? Why 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 wouldn't you go there earlier? Why do you keep it out? I don't understand. Yeah, the logic behind it, look, I can't I can't answer for you. I really don't know either. I really want to see Kunlun. I really want to hang out there, get to know the people, the culture, see what's up, see why one, Danny would want to leave, mm-hmm. apparently, Paradise, um, and see why maybe they chose this young dude who just like a limp phallus walking around. I just do not like him at all. <sighs> all right. I hope Let's... Colleen kills him and becomes the Iron <laughs> Fist. How about that? That would be much better. Yeah. That would actually be great. Asian-American Ooh, woman. Oh, a lady Iron Fist. Yeah, that'd be cool. Just like Doctor Who. Mm. Oh, let's not get the internet started on that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the internet started on that. Favourite and least favourite episode mask. Um, so I'm going to go episode eight, which is the one where they go to China. And while I agree that that premise is stupid, I get it. I get it. Okay? I'm Don't give me a little, face. I know. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I'm not like, cool, they go to China. That's not why I like sure. it. What I like it is, um, yes, Claire is badly written, but still I would prefer her over any other character really. So Claire's there a lot. Um, and I think the characters of Danny and Colleen, Colleen really need someone to point out how stupid they are. <laughs> That's really necessary for this show. Um, yeah, I just wish that the commentary we get from Claire helped them grow, like, grow their personal awareness. It doesn't. And also, I really like the drunk guy fight. Yeah, that was good. I really, really like it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, slim pickings. So I'm going to go with that one. You? Uh, Yeah, I struggled with this. I'm going to say episode 12, mainly because it was the one episode I was like, oh, there's something to discuss here. There is something, it Mm. was nice to see something. The, The whole bit with Davos and Colleen and... Danny in the rain and mm-hmm. what they're going to do about Bakudo was like, that is something, mm-hmm. could have been something. Yeah. It's really sucks that it's just a moment, but I want to I I make that my favorite episode and say, because I want to say, do more of that. Yes. That was something to latch onto and they, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I also liked the episode or I liked the bits of the episode where David Wenham was coming back from the dead. And right. that's about all I've got. Okay, cool. Uh, no conviction on that at all. <laughs> Least favourite episode. Um, it's the episode where Danny fights a bunch of random peeps from the hand. Like in a video game, he goes through the levels. Of the yeah, different yeah, 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 um, that's yeah. That's my the dragon thing, yeah. yeah. So they're meant to be menacing, but it stands. It, it, it just comes off hokey. Like stupid, that spider woman. Yeah. It's just, it's just dumb. Um, and Danny is like, he's struggling to be impressive to me. Like he's meant to be the iron fist and he just, he just doesn't seem that impressive. I don't get why he's a big deal at all. Um, and the story of the scientist and his drug seems like such a distraction. I'm just like, what is this show? And so it's just nothing to me. The, sh- the drug, yeah, the drugs, yeah. 100% gives great. a shit. Yeah. You? Episode one. I talked about how much <laughs> I hate the pilot. 
and it just set the tone right for how yes yeah. just yeah. you it got off it into that first step and just fell straight into a fucking pothole mm-hmm. just such a terrible way to begin this show mm-hmm. could not get any of the any of the things I want out of a pilot right give me nothing to latch onto whatsoever just awful I'm not going to disagree with you awful. there. I think you had great choices for both favourite and least favourite there. Thank you. Well done. Final score and ranking. You can go first. I'm giving it... Hmm. Uh, my, the one I've written down is 1.5. I'm thinking about taking it lower. Like, can I just say, exactly the same for me. I've written 1.5 and I was staring at that. I'm like, it's it's got to be a 1. It, I think it has to be. It's got to be I a keep one. thinking about what our previous 1 was. I gave a 1 to... What, was it Dead Like Me? Dead Like Me Season 2. Mm. I gave a 1 to as well. And I'm trying to think if it's as bad as that. And it... It actually might be. Yeah, I think it. I think it is. I think I'm changing it to a one. Yeah, it's a one. It's officially a one. Mm-hmm. It, there is just there's nothing to grab onto. The things that I would give the point five to are like some casting and the fact that it actually like it is a non-broken MPEG file. Like, <laughs> like you know, like they got lighting and cameras to work, and like you can recognize it as being a television show. It. That's that's very. Funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it consists. It it, it is conforms to the television standard. That's a burn. Do you know that's what a I mean? Burn. That's yeah. It's those are things I give it points for because it's got very little else going for it. Really, nothing. The basic things I need to latch onto aren't there. Yeah, I'm giving it a one. Move it a one. I'm giving it a one as well. Take that iron fist. So that's definitely the lowest in our Well list. and truly. <laughs> well and truly the lowest. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm. Do I want to keep watching? Fuck no. 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 I'll watch no. The Defenders, but if there's another Iron Fist season, I'm not watching. Well, okay. Predictions, hopes, concerns. I mean, I'm not invested enough to have too many of those, but my hope is, and from what I've heard recently mm. in the news, Iron Fist season two is going to have a completely different showrunner. Thank goodness. I have no idea who they are or what that means, but... I will be interested to see, like, it's it's one of those things, I will come back to the show if it suddenly reviews incredibly well. Like, mm-hmm. if the word on the street is, whoa, Iron Fist Season 2 is actually really good mm-hmm. and a massive step up and improves in every way on Season 2, mm-hmm. Season 1, sorry, I will definitely try it. Yeah, okay. But uh, that's the only way I'm coming back to it. So, my hope is that new lifeblood Look, that's, will yeah, help. that's certainly... Give me like a, a small sliver of excitement. A that, sliver of hope. A sliver of hope that it will be improved. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad because as you heard earlier in the podcast, I was very angry at the showrunner. Um, showrunners? Runner. Huh? Runner. I'm very angry um, that yeah. this was allowed to happen. I'm, only, I'm angry at the showrunner. I'm angry at Netflix too. I'm mm-hmm. angry at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like I know, like at every level, they had to be like, "This is fine." Well, this I just expect fine. more. Yeah, and absolutely. I know, I know that uh, Kevin Feige or Kevin Feige is not. He's not the TV dude. He's not the TV no, dude. No, no. I understand that, but he, be, he, they. That's what this show, this series needed, mm-hmm. and they don't seem to have it. I don't know if there is if there is somebody in charge of the TV universe, but it doesn't there seem is. like it. Yes. There is a guy, I think he's like the vice president or something of. He's fucking it up. Because I, I did look I, him up. Because when I was watching this show, I was like, who the fuck is running this show? Yeah. Like, not, I don't Ru- mean the little this show. shit show. Yeah, this shit. This <laughs> that shit could also right be into an iceberg of feces. Yeah. Um, so I looked it up and it was this dude. And I was just like, I was looking for. 
critical articles about him because I'm like, is anyone else taking notice of like this ship is off course, whereas the like the actual film stuff is you know seems to be on track, whereas this is it's going way 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 off course is anyone taking note of this i couldn't really find anything to explain why this guy was allowed to continue yeah being the captain um but yeah it's shocking and yeah hopefully something is changed soon uh yeah uh, I had a thought and I forgot what it was and I really don't care to find it again because I'm <laughs> done thinking about this. Um, okay, so The Defenders. The Defenders yes. comes out next week. Mm-hmm. We are going to watch it and we we're going to review it. We are. What are your thoughts going into it at this stage, The Defenders? Do you have high expectations? Do you have concerns? Or where are you at? I don't have high expectations. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't have super low expectations either. Mm-hmm. I do think... It, it, I mean, it'd be hard not to do better than Iron Fist. I do think it'll be better than Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. I think that the problems I have had with like things like Daredevil and Luke Cage and parts of Jessica Jones um, might be remedied when we bring these characters together, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Daredevil takes itself very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jessica Jones, bringing Jessica Jones humor into that will be really good. Um, a sense of family. I think uh, wasn't quite reached also in Daredevil. And I think bringing all four of those people clearly coming together, hopefully they can create that family dynamic Mm -hmm. and resolve that. And then that would also humanize someone like Danny Rand, who is like not interesting. Hopefully watching him care about other people and other people care about him will help. Um, So I'm hoping with, you know, their powers combined, they will create a solid show and make up for, yeah, the parts that are not quite there um, for each other. I'm hoping that's my hope. Do I think that will happen? I don't know. I'm scared to say yes. Mm. I'm really, I'm, I'm nervous to say yes. But I, but I don't know, I really like the trailer. <laughs> the trailer gets me excited for it. Trailer's all right. And yeah. the more, as, as I said last time, we talked about, I think we talked about Luke Cage, I said every time I've gone back to that trailer since, mm. finding out, and you know, I've seen Luke Cage and I've seen these shows mm-hmm. now, I the trailer gets more interesting to me because I know yeah. where these people are at mm-hmm. and there's there's stuff that I'm going to be interested in there straight off the bat. I, oh boy. They're, okay, so the thing that gives me hope is that, as you said, adding Jessica Jones... Putting these characters together is going to be interesting, mm-hmm. particularly Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Luke Cage, I think. Yes. Like, I just, this show, Iron Fist has, I don't care about Danny Rand. So, no. if they can make me care about him at all, mm-hmm. well done show. I, I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be great if that happens. That'll be a massive bonus. I think that gives me hope as well is that it's a lot of, uh, a lot of critics have seen the first two episodes now. Mm. And the general buzz around seems to be that's really good. Oh, However, oh god, yep. the I think the general buzz around the Netflix Marvel series is far too high. Yeah, in general, <laughs> agreed, agreed. Going into this, I was People's really excited. To Daredevil is baffling to me. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, and like as we said, like I didn't enjoy Jessica Jones ultimately as much as you did mm. because I felt the parts that weren't Jessica and Kilgrave. Yeah, the B and C stuff. Yeah, the B and C yeah. stuff was really average. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just a little. I'm. I can't. 
You can't really, really trust can't it. can't bring my barriers down. I've got yeah. no trust in it. Yeah. And you know what? Low expectations are not a bad thing to have. Sometimes they're low true. expectations. And I'll tell you the other thing that really makes me... The one, the one thing that gives me hope mm. is that it's only eight episodes long. Yeah, that's good. Far out. That is a good thing to do. Having yeah, it's been needed to be done for a long time. Netflix in general could learn from that. Mm-hmm. Just if a show doesn't need 13 episodes, don't make it 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. Understand how much, long, how much room your story needs and fit to that constraint. In fact, if you think you need 10 episodes, make it eight because forcing... Restrictions help. Yes, absolutely. It's the thing I'm hoping about. We, we're going to hopefully do a rest development one day when rest development season five comes out. Mm-hmm. My biggest criticism is season four, and this was a big get for Netflix at the time, was that Mitch Hurwitz was able to, he wasn't having to fit to that 22-minute format for rest development. And that sounds great in theory. You can just put everything in and episodes have no format they need to hold to. And the show is worse because of it. Yeah, it makes it worse that they were able to put everything in yep. and let it just yep. go for too long. I think well, artistic freedom sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're an artist, you're like oh yes, I can do whatever I want. I think having constraints yes. forces you to be more creative Absolutely. to find a workaround. Yep. issues and limitations. Limitations are really important. They really are unlimited money. Unlimited time and unlimited approval are never good things never, for an artist. Ever. Ever. So many good artists, filmmakers in particular, have only been made worse by that. Mm-hmm. Number one, George Lucas. Number two, M. Night Shyamalan. Number three, Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. I can look at all of them and say, as they got more successful and people just threw more money at them, their movies have gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simple as that. Absolutely. M. Night Shyamalan's best film in a long time came out this year and that was because he had to live in a ditch for five years basically <laughs> and work his way back up and was given yeah. a lot of limitations in terms of the budget he had mm-hmm. and he is better for it. Yes. So ultimately, yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is I am cautiously optimistic about The Defenders at best. Mm, at best, yeah. So look forward to that next week, everybody. <laughs> Can't wait to get see. Excited. Get excited. Get <laughs> excited. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can do so by finding us on Facebook by searching for Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting S Cast. You can email us at huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me, Broderick Gordis, at on Twitter at B Gordis, B G O R D E S, Damask. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Maskymoo, M A S K Y M O O. Thank you very much, Sean Kirkpatrick, for our wonderful graphic and logo. You can find his work at Sean Kirkpatrick designs.portfoliobox.net or his work on Instagram at Shawnee Boy Draws and at Shawnee Boy Comics. Also, thank you to Jordan Calavis for our Hunting th- Seasons theme song. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash classic jrex. Please, if you would like to and enjoying what we're doing here, uh, consider giving us uh, a rating or review on iTunes. It goes a long way to being noticed by other people. Or share us on Facebook. Think about um, put, sharing this with friends and family and people who might also enjoy this podcast. Your grandma would you know. love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> someone liked that. Maybe she does. I'm not going to judge. Um, but just sharing this around with friends would be really grateful. Word of mouth goes a long, long way. Next week, as we said, will be The Defenders... Thank you very much for listening to Hunting Seasons one more time. We will see you then. Bye for now. Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.